Would somebody, we have not yet prayed to open this whole time up. Would somebody just jump up and pray for us? Just jump up. Okay. Thank you, Jay. Father, thanks so much for this day. Thanks so much for youth group and church. We ask that you bless it tonight and that we learn something about you and that we go home ready to serve you better, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jay. Now, I told you guys last week, I'm not going to stand behind this. I was just giving that perception. But I told you guys last week what we were going to talk about, why we have youth group. Why do we have youth group? I have right here a paper that I had to write for college 11 years ago. I was 19, 11 years ago. So I was one, no, no, it was actually on a computer. <laughs> Ding! No, I actually did use a computer to do this. But I have here, before I even knew that I was ever gonna be youth pastor, I never had any intention to be youth pastor when I was in college. But we had to write a paper on the youth, a philosophy of youth ministry. Why would you have a youth ministry in your church? Let me ask you this. I have announcements to make, but I'm gonna, I forgot those, but I'll make those in just a minute. I'll make them at the end, if you don't mind. Because I'm going to forget, but then you're going to wave me down and you're going to say, make those announcements, I'm going to say, yes, ma'am, you are right. Exactly, exactly. Could have just went ahead. But while I'm there, let me ask you, in the Bible, in the Bible, who was the first youth pastor? First youth pastor in the Bible. Pastor Bruce. Pastor Bruce. I know I said I wrote that paper 11 years ago, but that wasn't back in the Bible times. <laughs> what? what is it? Adam, who's the first youth pastor in the Bible? Jesus. Jesus? Because when he called the kids to him. Yes. When he called the summer, some of the little children to come to me? Exactly. Whenever you, Jesus is the first one. Go ahead, Kirkland. They're always the right answer. Timothy. Timothy. Why would you say Timothy? <laughs> he had youth and he was a pastor. Good call. That's better than anything I come up with. Good job. Oh, you changed your mind. I said it, but it was kind of like a smart aleck answer. So you decided, man, praise the Lord. We're, we're, we're getting somewhere. <laughs> Andrew stopped and, and just recalled what he was going to say. Good job. You know, did you have something, Braden? No, I was like... Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, see, he was waving his hand glory. No, just kidding. <laughs> No, but does anybody have? I'm going to go ahead and tell. Hey, was it the guy that anointed uh, David King? Samuel? Yeah, Samuel. The first, he definitely had youth, and he was a priest, so he would have been a youth priest back in the tabernacle days. <laughs> Did you have one, Jay? Maybe not. All right, I'm going to go ahead and re not retract my question, but I would tell you there is no youth pastor in the Bible. The, the youth pastor is not mentioned in the Bible. I did. Let me ask you this. Is, is youth ministry found in the Bible? Do you find youth group in the Bible? Where do you find youth group in the Bible? The disciples. Jesus and disciples? As long as you're 40. <laughs> smart, Rachel. I was waiting for somebody to say that because I was like, this person is going to be thinking ahead. Just open the handout. Wherever the passage you said, that's what he's going to talk about. <laughs> Good call, Rachel. But yes, there is not youth ministry in the Word of God. Just like there is no bus ministry and the word of God. Huh? Just like there's no reformers unanimous. <laughs> I only can hold two children of a rather small stature. No, they didn't have they didn't have a camel ministry. But neither do they had they didn't have reformers unanimous, even though people had addictions. When we look at tonight why we have youth ministry, we find that there's a lot of things. You know that the word choir 
is nowhere mentioned in the Bible. The word choir is not mentioned in the Bible at all. A lot of the things that we do at church, that if we stopped doing them tomorrow, people would flip out. What do you mean? Your church doesn't have a choir? You go ahead and search it. Choir is not in the Bible. Your church doesn't have a refrigerated animus? Are not found in the Bible. You know that even if we shut down youth ministry and we didn't have youth group as per se we do, we could still be a solid biblical church. So let me ask you, knowing that, I ask you guys first, why do we do youth ministry? Why do we have youth ministry? Why do we do it? It's easy to reach um, people our age if you have a group of them and you... Um, you treat them differently than you do with the adults. It's easier Under. to reach them. All right, everybody on a different level. Everybody's on a different level. Andrew. Um, it's easier instead of like preaching where like Pastor Ber uh, Ferguson would preach um, like a topic that would probably apply to a whole church or older people. You can take messages that God can give you and then give them specifically for our lives for us to change them in, at our age. Right, different level, age specific. Tell me, Azaria. It's simple. Bring it down and put it in a different box. All right, simplified it there. Anybody else want to tell me why, why we do youth ministry? I did not hear what she said, so this might be a repeat. All right. But we do it so that instead of spending our time studying stuff that adults need to know, we study stuff that we need to know right now and instead of, you know, not necessarily wasting our time, but instead of studying for something that we're not facing right now. So right. now we talk about, you know, teenage stuff. Right. That we deal You're good. You just explain a little bit differently. But yeah, we we look at it because age specific things. Like right now, you deal with different things than the adults. I'm gonna say all those are good answers. Okay. But <laughs> survey says no. But uh, I think they're all. <laughs> I think all all of them are good answers. But I want to tell you this tonight. I'm going to. I guess, open up and share my heart with you guys because I do have, I try not to do most things in my life intentionally. I mean, I try to do everything in my life intentionally. I try to know exactly why. So, I know you've probably seen these things on your handouts before, on the back of your handout that I put there. There are three, we can call them mantras, we can call them whatever, but they are my three focus statements for this youth group. And I want to tell you where I get them. Let's go to Second John real quick and let's read through this passage, all right? If you have your Bible, look at it in your Bible. If you, have, if, it's on, if you don't have a Bible, it's on your handout there. I'm going to read the whole chapter, all whopping 13 verses of it. And we're going we're gonna to go through this chapter. It says, the elder unto the elect lady and her children. So John is writing to a lady that we believe, we're not sure, but this lady to be a single mother, okay? So she's probably either her husband's died or she doesn't have a husband. So John is writing to this lady. He says, uh, continue verse number one, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all that have known the truth. For the truth's sake, which draws in us and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Verse number four, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth, as we have received a commandment of the, from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I had wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love. This is the definition of love. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world, who confess not that Jesus Christ has come to the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not the things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. 
Whosoever transgresseth, yeah, another S word. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is a partaker of his evil deeds. Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face, that our joy may be full. The children of thy elect sister greet thee. Amen. Now, as I told you, I don't want to do anything intentionally. I was challenged. They said, if someone asks you why you do youth group, why do you do youth group? And I can tell you lots of reasons, just like you guys told me. Well, we do youth group because age specific. We want to hit, use the word of God right where you guys live. But there are three things that I would say are the foundation for this youth group. And the three things that I want you guys to know that is my goal, everything that I do filters through. If we have an activity, it comes through this, these three filters. If we have the message I preach, go through these three filters. And they're not just something I came up with that are just like because they have letters that start the same, they really mean something to me. So as we look through this passage, I want to just take 2 John. I believe you can find this, the Bible principles out other places. But I want to take 2 John because this is where I would say my life passage for youth ministry comes from. And walk through and tell you why what we do here in youth ministry. Number one, if you know the back of your handout, then you'll know the number one. They're not in any specific order. They can be anywhere. But number one is support family. The three biblical goals of our youth ministry, number one, is to support the family. God instituted three things. Does anybody know what those three things are? God's institutions. Marriage and um, that's all I got. Marriage and family, the church. the church, and one other thing. Romans 13. God instituted three things. What did you say, dear? I was trying to, oh, trying to get... What did you say, Rachel? Government. Yes, the government. So three things. Three things God instituted. Romans 13, he instituted the government. And in Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. Genesis chapter 2, he instituted marriage and family. Three, the church. You can write, it's uh, support family, and you can write anything you want in those other blanks. No, I was just making a statement that I learned from my history teacher. When I learned about the Roman government, at the very beginning of it, they, the emperor wanted the family to be the main center, because a strong, strong family has meant a strong government. Exactly, and that is the key to everything. This is why when we come to Second th- uh, John, Second John, I mean John writes to this, says, The elder and to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not only, but also all that they have known the truth, for the truth's sake which draweth in us and shall be with us forever. Write down somewhere on your paper Deuteronomy chapter 6. Write down Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 8, I believe it is. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 8. I mean 5 through 9. I will tell you, and this I said, everything's going to go through this filter in this youth group. I am here to support your family okay i am not here as much to give you a good time i'm not here for us to play games as much as i am to support your family god instituted three things and right now it is it is the biggest attack on these three things marriage and family the devil is on a rampage in families can i tell you the reason the devil wants a homosexual Marriage, because it breaks down something God instituted. Can I tell you why the devil loves to destroy a home and divorce? Because it destroys something God 
instituted. Now, can I tell you, I'm going to be open and honest with you, frank as I can get out. Every family does not look like Deuteronomy chapter 5. I mean, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Bible says that a family should look like this. That they know the word of God and a parent gives the word of God to their children. When they rise up, when they lay down, when they sit down to eat, they're written on the doorposts of their house. This is where God intended a family to be. That God's word was everything in a family. Now I know, if we're all honest, very few of our homes look like that. And if your home looks like that, thank the Lord. Okay? I can say that my home looked that growing up for just a little while. My dad was fervent. I mean, I remember riding the bus with my dad and doing things, but it didn't always look like that. And if you have a home where that is looked at like that, then you praise the Lord. But everyone, John is writing to a lady that doesn't even have a husband. She has some children walking in truth, but she doesn't even have a husband. So even her family did not look like what God has ordained a family to be. A husband, a wife that are desiring to serve God, and then children that are following submission, walking in God's word. This is huge. So I'm telling you guys right now, one day, some of you are closer than others, five, six years from now, some of you will be married and have a family. It's a scary thought. But some of you will be married and have a family. Can I tell you, God has ordained the family, a husband and a wife and children that are brought in the word of God. We consider it so extreme, okay, to think that a family would talk about the Bible when they were sitting at the table eating. That's the word of God would come up in discussion. That when they were walking to bed, as they're walking and getting prepared for bed, the family is getting prepared to go to sleep. The Bible, scripture principles are being mentioned. This is foreign to us. But see, this is what the Bible calls a family. Now, I'm telling you, every family doesn't look like that. This is one of the reasons we have youth group because God said in Titus, that the older women are supposed to teach the younger women and the older men are supposed to teach the younger men to instruct them on how they are to build a family. This is why church and youth group are pivotal in your life. This is not just a time where we come and we goof off for a little while and we go home. There are so many things orchestrated that God has put together in the three things that he's, he's uh, instituted in our world. All right, so we're here to support the family. I'm gonna tell you that Lord willing, by the grace of God, I will never, Hopefully, by the grace of God, I will never go against what your parents tell me. If your parents say you cannot, I'm not going to say, well, I think that's dumb. I think you should be able to. Why? Because that's not my job. God has put your family, your parents. If you don't have both parents, okay. But God has put your family in line to help you, to build you, to bring you where you're supposed to be. Well, my mom and dad aren't what Deuteronomy chapter 6 is. And guess what? One day you're going to be in that position, and I hope your kids don't say the same thing. Pursue Jesus Christ, and that's what we're here for. So first of all, first thing in this youth group, we're here to support your family, because that is, as Ashley said, the pinnacle. You know what? You know how the devil can destroy America? Because it destroys the family. And if it doesn't have a family, that's the building block to which the whole world, you read through Genesis 1, 2, and 3. You find out the family is the building block for everything God wants to do. So I tell you this not because some of you don't have families like that. I understand. I pray, I really pray hard that my children know that. 
My, my, that Shiloh grows up and Taven grow up in a house where the word of God is talked about all the time that we, the jokes that come out of our mouth are Bible, you can call them Bible jokes that we're joking about things for the Bible and you know what, I, I, I would like that I remember a preacher came through and he said that his grandkids always um, made jokes and made fun of each other and their, all their stuff was about Bible stories and like when they climb a tree they would start yelling stuff about Zacchaeus and when they do things and he talked about how awesome that was you know what, that is awesome in my mind to have that kind of family, but that is not the kind of family we live in. In fact, in our minds, it almost sounds like you're weirdos. You mean you actually like <laughs> joke about the Bible? You know the Bible enough to even like know these stories? But that's what God said a family ought to be. And so, first of all, I'm going to be here, not just like so these aren't in order specifically, like they have to be done this way, but I'm here to help support your family. Number two, as we read through, is to help you give you a spiritual focus. A spiritual focus. Verse number four. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. Okay? So, right now, yes, sir. Are the three points strong foundation spiritual focus and support family? Yep, about to say, if you've ever read the back of your handout, you should know where we're going. Exactly. They are the same exact three. That there's a spiritual focus. So this is what he says. I look at your children, and I desire for your children to walk in truth. So this is, here it is, right here. For all of us to walk in truth. Spiritual focus. What do you live for? What do you live for? See, hopefully the goal is to have a spiritual Focus, but that is not because we have lots of focuses. Some of us in here, we have a sports focus. Our life goes through the filter of sports. It's not a spiritual focus. Some of us have a school focus. Very few of us. Some of us have a school focus, and everything filters through academics. I, hey, I've got to get into college one day. I've got to get a job. Everything goes through that. Some of us have, and I don't mean this in a negative way. But I mean, some of us have a sexual focus where all we're looking at is the relationship and what I can get here and the opposite gender and all these things. That's what your focus is in life. This is everything you go through in life filters through that. But see, our goal in here and this youth group is to have a spiritual focus. I want you to walk in truth. I want you to know the word of God. See, and I say this kindly, but right now if we play a Bible game, some of you all already joke and say, oh, I don't want to play a Bible game because I don't know the Bible. See, that is a tragedy. It is a tragedy. You need to know the word of God because we're going to get to it in just a minute. There are many deceivers in the world and they want to lead you astray. We don't hold this book right here because, well, we're a church and we need a Bible. So we're going to try and teach the Bible. Pastor Verdon, you went to school to study the Bible. Why don't you come in here and tell these kids about the Bible? That is not it. We study this book because I'm telling you, everything in me believes this. This is the book that will give you, as we went through 2 Peter, everything you need for life. This is why I want you to have a spiritual focus. This is why everything in your life should filter through it. Lately, my wife has been putting me under deep conviction. And she does it just simply by this. I have said, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go buy me such and such. You know what? I believe myself, and my wife would say that I believe I'm the man of my house. I can say, this is what we're going to do, this is what, and you know what? Usually that's the way we work. 
And actually, there's been a couple times lately where I've told my wife, I'm going to go order this off Amazon because I want one. And my wife says this, did you pray about that? Oh, man. You had to go throw that in there. I can't click buy. <laughs> exactly. Checkmate. <laughs> she got me. <laughs> and so then I have to go back and I have to say, I can't even say anything because I can't say, well, it's not that big of a deal. We don't need to pray about it. Because the Bible says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. So I can't say that. So in other words, I say, I'm going to go pray for about that right now. It's like the most simple thing. Hey, babes, I want a Bluetooth speaker for my office. Okay. Did you pray, for about, did you pray about that? No, I haven't prayed about it yet, but I was going to. I was going to do a little fasting, too, about the Bluetooth speaker for my office. Can I tell you, as dumb as it sounds, and as crazy as it is, that is the life that God desires us to live. Everything goes through God. Right now. You're going to school. How many of you have spent time praying about what college you go to? Praying about where God would have you go. Not just because, well, this place is this or this. Is. Praying about what kind. Hey, some of you desire a relationship. Have you prayed about that? See, the goal of this youth ministry is, number one, to support your family. That God has instituted the family as a pillar for everything that comes up. The second thing is that we have a spiritual focus. Everything in my, my mind and my life goes through the filter of spiritual things. I look to the word of God. Is that the way our lives look? But I can tell you that's the way I want it to look. That's why, yeah, we're going to come in here. We're, we're not going to do some things that other people do. Okay. I'm not going to come in here every week and we're not going to spend 45 minutes putting pies in our faces and doing goofy things and eating bugs because, you know what? Some people may do that in their youth group, and they do. But my goal for you guys is spiritual focus. I want us to have fun, but then ultimately everything. I want your perspective to be put to spiritual things every single time. I want you to be challenged by the Word of God. And if you're not challenged by the Word of God, I'm wasting my time, okay? Because if you guys... Grow up to be 30 years old and you live in your life and it comes time to help your kids with something. Hey, hey, mom, what am I doing in this situation? Can I tell you, if you don't know this book, even in your own life, you're going to be, I guarantee you, somewhere in your 20s, you're going to be hit with something so hard. It's going to smack you. You're not going to know it. It's going to hit you, blindside you. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't know where to get it from the Word of God, you'll either draw closer to God, or it'll be the thing that drives you the farthest away from God ever. Church is dumb. People are stupid. You ask people why. Well, because they can't answer this question, and the Bible has it clearly in the Word of God. Well, have you ever read it? No, no, I've never read it. Then how can you tell me the Bible doesn't have the answer to it? Well, I just know. I just know it doesn't have the answer. And we see people falling away all the time. So I want you to have a spiritual focus. Last thing. Number three. If you've read the back of the handout, you know. Strong foundation. Why do you need a strong foundation? Grab your handout. Grab your Bible. I'm going to tell you why. Verse number seven. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not the things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. 
I'm going to stop reading right there for time's sake. But you can read the rest of it to grab the context. He says, I'm glad to see your children walking in truth. But guess what? There are a lot of deceivers who confess that Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh. Okay? So John is setting up the, the thing here is, your children need to walk in truth because there are lots of people that desire to deceive them. See, the funny thing about a deceiver is, we have this image in our mind about what a deceiver looks like. They're always a shady looking character. They're always up to no good. But can I tell you, most of the people that have deceived your generation right here are people that look very good. They seem very good. Man. Some of the music that right now, if we're honest, so go, ahead and be, go ahead and be honest. Some of you, your favorite music is not God honoring Christian music. Let's put it that way. The people that produce that music are deceivers. Okay? If they magnify drugs, alcohol, sex outside of marriage, all these things, they are deceivers. And John is writing to this lady and saying, hey, I'm glad your children walk in truth because there are many deceivers. And these deceivers are coming around to deceive you. That's deep, isn't it? But it comes in our lives as we are getting deceived left and right. And this is why my goal for you guys is to have a strong foundation of the word of God. I, I want that. Like, if you guys, if I graduate, if everyone graduated from this youth group and we had every young person that dressed the right part. I mean, every girl in here walked outside and they would say, wow, that, she's so modest, blah, blah, blah. Every guy, man, that's the sharpest guy with the most character that I've ever seen. And if that's all the outside, if we can just go through all the outside motions, I have failed. Because it doesn't matter. Anybody can live up to the rules. Anybody can. Anybody can come to school and dress like the school wants you to. Anybody can go to a, sit in front of a teacher and do what the teacher wants you to do. Anybody can do that. That's the easiest thing in the world. But see, what the whole different thing is, someone who's intentionally decided to root themselves in the word of God so that when the deceivers come along, they know the word of God and they can stand against it. Hey, that doesn't sound right. I just used this illustration before. One day, 24, 25 years old. It's time for you to find your own church. You don't live around here. You walk into the church building. If you're not grounded in the word of God, you're going to look at everything go around. Oh man, these people have some really awesome worship gear up there. I think that's a great church. Oh man, that pastor, he gets up and he's funny. He makes me laugh. This is a good church. I think me and my family should be here. Hey, you may go to a church that has great worship. The pastor may make you laugh and it can be an awesome church, but you can also go to, why? Because there are many deceivers. And if you're not focused on the word of God, you're not grounded. As James says, you'll be tossed with every wind of doctrine. You go to a church that says, this is right. Oh, that is right. Man, when I grew up, they said that I shouldn't be doing that, but I'm glad I came here and they told me this was right. That's not right anymore. Okay. Oh man, then I'm glad you guys told me that this was right. Instead of being grounded in the word of God. I told you guys this illustration before, but I'm going to tell it to you. One more time. When I was working through college, I was pressure washing. I told you guys I worked for a guy, and he brought me to 
a place because the pressure washing had stopped for a little bit and they didn't have time. He didn't have time to set me up with a new job. So he sent me to this house and he said, I want you to cut their grass. I told you, I believe I told you guys, if I did, forgive me, that um, I'm cutting the grass of this house that it sits right from here to the ditch out there is the ocean, okay? So this house is sitting right on the Atlantic Ocean. Beautiful place. I mean, you walk outside that door and that would be this, the beach, like the sandy beach that goes right out to the ocean. So these people obviously have lots of money. You walk in the house, it's a three-story house. Three-story house has an elevator to take you to the third floor. You park underneath the house. I mean, it's amazing place to live. He took me inside, let me walk around when the people weren't home. And we walked through these people's houses. And this is their second house. This isn't even their main house. This is their second house that sits on the beach. And I remember thinking like, wow. Now, I couldn't even imagine sitting down at a table across from a mortgage person and saying, yeah, honey, do you think we should sign these papers for our second house on the beach? Yeah, go ahead and sign those. Let's, let's drop a million dollars on that house. <laughs> We've got that in the bank. Let's do it. And I'm thinking, how in the world do you do this? Right beside that house, the small brick house, one-story brick house, regular roof, regular, nothing special. Sitting beside, on the same beach though, they're on the same beach, that far from the water, but they just have a regular little brick house like you would see in my neighborhood. <laughs> and I remember the next day, he, my boss knew both those people. So somehow the next day we were over cutting their yard because he needed something for me to do. So I got to push more pushing their yard. He took me around their house. In their house, on their walls, as he took me through their house, they were, they were brick people. That's what they did for a living. They, they made bricks and sold bricks. And so he took me in the house and on their house they have a bunch of pictures with a bunch of dates on them. Such and such 1970-something. Such and such 1980-something. Such and such this one. And I remember walking through the house, I didn't ask, but I did wonder why in the world did they have a picture, they had a picture of their house on the beach there and then a date beside it. And my boss was like, hey, Aaron, you know, you know what all those dates are for? I said, no, sir, I do not know what those dates are for. And he said, those are every time a major hurricane hit North Carolina. And he had the dates, such and such, such and such. He's like, this is Hurricane Fran, this is Hurricane Ethel, and all the other hurricanes that I went through and hit before I was even born. And so he showed me all these hurricanes and he said, if you look on there, he's like, if you look closely, there's not another house on the whole beach. If you look in the picture, there wasn't. Like, there was just one little brick house and no other houses. And he told me, he said, this is the house, the only house that has made it through every hurricane. Every other, he, and he pointed to the house next door and he's like, this house, he wasn't even trying to make a spiritual application. He was just telling me this. He's like, this house next door, that house has been demolished. And he told me how many times. He's like, the house blows over, smashes, they give the insurance money and they rebuild it. He said, this little house, he said, it sat here through every single hurricane. And I was like, that's pretty impressive. And as we look at our lives, I want you to have a strong foundation because of that. Can I tell you, there are teenagers that are soaked up, preoccupied by so many things. You know where I'm going with the illustration. We've got all these things and they look good on the outside. There's people that, the deceivers that we talked about, they look good. We follow them on the internet. We see the cars they drive. We see the, the girls they hang out with, or the guys they hang out with. We see the things they do, the parties they go to. And we think, you know what? That's the life I desire to live. We always desire to be that awesome. Man, it wouldn't be nice to live in that house. Wouldn't it be nice to be that person? 
John tells this lady, he says, hey, there are many deceivers. Don't let them into your house. Don't bid them Godspeed. Because you do not want to be a partaker of what they are doing in lives. And in our lives, in this youth group, I would be a success. I would feel if all we had was a room full of little brick houses. That when the world and the devil and our flesh wage all the war against us. I mean, when things just ransack our lives. That they can point to a teenager in here and say, that teenager? Yeah, they stood up against all of them. Man, they were tempted. They didn't fall. That teenager? Yeah, everybody else is going to do that, but they didn't do that. And 20, 30 years from now, because you did that every single day, whether you, God puts you in ministry or whether God doesn't, it doesn't matter. You stand in front of your kids and your home looks like what Deuteronomy says a home ought to look like. And you've got little kids running around and you've taught them the word of God. And in the midst of a world where families are falling apart and everything's going terrible, there's your family. There's little kids that are running around that don't curse. There's a family that gets in the car and has a word of prayer before they leave. A family where God is glorified and the neighbors look at it and say, oh, those weirdos. Oh, they're off that church again. See, we would be successful in this youth group if we just had a whole bunch of little houses, I mean, little brick houses. Every storm of life, you look around, some of your friends that decide not to do the right thing. Where did so-and-so go? Huh, well, they, they, they weren't grounded. They didn't have any foundation, and so when the storm came, it blew them away. They, they fell for everything the deceivers told them. And that is not my goal for you guys. Now, can I just say this? And I know this isn't like the How You Get Youth Pass or the Year Award. But I enjoy playing games and having activities. I think it's fun. I had fun playing Family Feud. It's cheesy, but I had fun. But can I tell you that if you guys knew me as the funnest guy that ever stood in front of you guys. If you knew me as the funniest guy that ever stood in front of you guys. Can I tell you, I failed. But if I can, Lord willing, help you and your family and you guys developing your lives, supporting your family, giving you a spiritual focus and a strong foundation, I'm telling you, that is the only way in my book that we are successful in getting you guys to become mature adults. And that's my dream for you. And so I hope that you'll jump on it with me. And as you see everything, I'm telling you, these three things, I sat down, I didn't write these things down to preach to you. I wrote them down from my own mind to know what I wanted to see in you guys' life. And then I decided, you know what, maybe I should tell them and cast a vision to you guys what I desire to see in your lives. And with these three things, everything in this, everything in this youth group is filtered through those three things. Is it going to support their family? If it's not, I don't want to do it. That's why I tell you, if your family's not, if your family, you have a family get together and it overlaps one of my youth activities you don't go to my youth activity you go with your family because I'm here to support your family not to separate your family I want you to have a spiritual focus I want us to move past I want, to, I want us to love sports and love being competitive to some degree <laughs> you know what I want, us to, I want you guys to love relationships I, I, I hope one day God gives you the right man the right woman that you can marry I hope that happens I pray it happens for you but I don't want that to be your focus. 
I don't want your focus to be even school, academics. If I can just get smarter, if I can just get this, I can get this place and get a good job because that's not what God has for you, all of it. Those are good things, yeah. But I don't desire for that for you. I want you to have a spiritual focus. Everything goes through a spiritual focus in your life. It filtered through it. And I want you to have a strong foundation so you know the word of God and you can live a life that God's called you to live. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much once again for your word. And I thank you for what it does in our lives. Lord, even though we don't have or the model youth group in the Bible so that, Lord, I can look through and just say, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be, this is what I'm not. Lord, I thank you for the principles and your word. And God, as we try to act those things out and try to live these things, God, I pray that I would be faithful to your word, faithful to you. Lord, but, and I pray, Lord, along the way that we have lots of fun doing it. God, that you give us great time, great fellowship. But Lord, ultimately, God, I pray for each and every young person in here, Lord, the young people that are in D.C. and Lord, the other young people who aren't here. Lord, I pray for them that you would develop something in their lives and make them something for you. And Lord, that ultimately we'd be successful because of what you've done through us, through me and through them, Lord, in their lives. So God, help us as we move through this. Thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen.